A couple of nights ago, I stumbled upon a movie called Blue Jay as I was scrolling through Netflix. This movie tells the story of two high school lovebirds who after 20 plus years have migrated back home, hence the title, Blue Jay. They bump into each other in the grocery store in their small hometown in somewhere in California. He is in town to figure out what to do with his mom's house after her death. And she is in town because her sister is about to have a baby. We learn that she's married now and grieving her son's leaving for college and facing some uncertainty with her and her husband's new future as empty nesters. And we learn that he is in town. He's recently lost his job. He had an ugly fight with his uncle and he's grieving the loss of his mom. Their early conversations with one another are filled with this tension. There's this kind of desire to communicate, but there's this unspoken tension in the conversation. It's as if both of them can't talk about the past. And then this sort of heavy silence, this difficulty communicating is replaced by laughter. But now the lightness and the ease of their ability to have so much fun is alarming. So it works on this sort of polar opposites. There's this heavy silence and there's this lightness and fun, but underneath it all, there's this sense of what happened? Something has gone on in the past. This uh, laughter that they share with one another, they, they um, listen to old tapes that they made for one another. And then they do this role play as how it would be to be married couples together. Then they have these rap battles. Then they gaze at the stars in their truck. So this heaviness, this lightness creates this incredible tension in the movie. And all it does is highlight for us. It keeps us on the edge of our seat and it makes us ask the question, what happened to this couple? Why are they not together? This movie does an incredible job at raising for us a timeless human problem. How do we let go of the pain of the past? How do we let go so that our present and future are paralyzed? Being human means that we have or that we will experience disappointment and betrayal, abandonment, pain, the death of loved ones, or as Langston Hughes poetically puts it, dreams defer. The question the movie raises for us is critical. Maybe it is the most important question that we can ask. How do we let go of the pain of the past? This is a question about resiliency. It's a question that asks us, can we get back up when we've been stomped upon and dirt's been kicked in our face? Being human is this strange combination, this volatile pot of human shame and pain, of hiding, of desire and ego. Whether we admit it or not, our lives all have a shadow side and our wounds have shaped us in profound ways. And this question emerges for us. How do we let go so that we can move forward? And I found that letting go is hard because the unknown, what emerges from this letting go can be scary. So we do have some options. 
We can remain in this holding pattern. We can stay in that toxic relationship or we can continue to grasp for something that is no longer there. But all three of these options are not sustainable. We can't stay in the toxic relationship. We can't remain in a holding pattern and we can't continue to grasp for something that's no longer there for long periods of time. So we have to learn this art of letting go. And I wrote the poem Living in Yesterday to wrestle with this timeless human problem of letting go. As I was thinking through this and writing this poem, I found a quote from Carl Jung, the Swiss psychiatrist. He wrote this, The greatest and most important problems of life are all, in a certain sense, insoluble. They can never be solved, but only outgrown. This outgrowing, as I formally called it, on further experience was seen to consist in a new level of consciousness. Some higher or wider interest arose on the person's horizon, and through this widening of view, the insoluble problem lost its urgency. It was not solved logically in its own terms, but faded out when it's confronted with a new and stronger life tendency. This is a profound and important quote when we think through the question, how do we let go of the pain of the past and move forward? And I want to, in some ways, just unpack some of the power of this Jungian quote. The first thing he names is outgrow. He says most problems of our life can't be solved, but only outgrown. He names for us the difficult task of growth. And by naming this, he reminds us that there is no quick fix. There are phases in your life that you're just going to have to work through. Do you remember the hell of puberty? No one would want to go back through it, but aren't you glad you went through it? I think this is why addiction to substances is so appealing. It gives you some relief and tempts you with the lie that there is an easier path. But Carl Jung tips us to the point that there is no easy way. The way of growth comes with great struggle. If you are in this struggle right now, if you are dealing with the loss of something near and dear to you, hold on. Don't take the easy way out, but persevere through this pain. If someone hasn't told you, change. The essential letting go is difficult, but on the other side, there is growth. There is newness. And this is in the quote where Carl Jung names this new level of consciousness. Or I love that what he says that, that the pain, the loss loses its urgency because we see something that's more important, a stronger life tendency. So we never and finally let go or give or sort of die to all the wounds and all our losses, but it's as if a new life tendency, something bigger, something more vital, something more essential to our life takes hold of us and that pain loses its power over us. This is important to name. Growing means that you are becoming a different person and becoming a different person is never easy. Do you have one of those friends who got really serious about their health? 
their diet changed, their workout patterns changed, the way they talked, the books they read, the magazines that you saw in their car and around their house were different. And suddenly, through the hard and difficult work, you began to see their very bodies looking different. I've also seen this with parents. The first child is is absolutely difficult. It's late nights and new patterns and hard things to wrestle with as a couple and as, as parents. But then the second child, the third child, the fourth child, there's a wisdom that grows within parents. The little things that once bothered them no longer, they've become great at reading the emergency levels in children. They become great at, re- at responding, at reacting in ways. You've become a new and better parent because you went through it. There's a new sort of personhood that's building within you. So how does this change take place? There are probably many intentional practices and just good life habits that cultivate this change. But I think that that naming the bigger paradox of how this works is important for us. I want to suggest that the only way to move forward, the only way to let go of the pain of the past so that we can live in the present and future is by embracing this paradox of letting go and holding on, of letting go of what we once thought and our dreams we once had, but to holding on and to allowing something stronger, a bigger vision to grasp us, to seize us once again. And I think that Jesus named the paradox of human growth when he said the, this profound words in Matthew chapter 16, verse 25. For those who want to save their life will lose it. And those who lose their life for my sake will find it. So Jesus, this master teacher of the ancient world, names this profound paradox of our human growth, of the word that the Bible uses as salvation, or to have a life fully formed and fascinated by love. This is the paradox of human growth. Growth doesn't happen mountaintop to mountaintop. There are fits and starts, but mostly fits. There is this movement within our very souls of letting go and holding on. So loss, any significant change in our life is about letting go and holding on and finding yourself is about letting go and holding on. All of our lives, we are at work at this process of letting go and holding on. And letting go is about the essential yielding of our ideas about how we thought it was supposed to turn out. But holding on is about trusting the process within us and around us that your life is in this endless process of becoming. Letting go is about surrendering the control and holding on is about waiting for something to reveal itself, for hope that emerges on a new horizon of possibilities for us. Letting go is the heart-wrenching process of turning over and over the picture in our mind, our preconceived ideas, our control, our ego. And holding on is the heart expanding into a hope that the original vision is not dead, but somehow emerging in new and fresh ways from the dirt of our life. So the question remains, how do we let go of the pain of the past so that we can live more vitally 
in the present, in the future. And I think that it's about letting go and holding on and learning this strange paradox in our lives over and over again. It's this strange paradox of growth that over time can lead us to learning the deeper dimensions of our humanity. It's as if when we learn this art form, this deeper, this depth within us emerges, this profound resiliency that's built into the fabric of being human. When we open to the depths of ourself, we begin to see that there is more to us than we ever thought. We are far more powerful than we ever knew. There is a resiliency deep in our bones. If we're only patient enough and persistent enough, if we only learn this sort of flexibility within our souls. So all this leads us to the question, what do you need to let go of? And what do you need to hold on to? So now we've come full circle and we come back to that Netflix movie, Blue Jay. And I would hate to spoil it for you. So after you hear my poem, Living in Yesterday, you can check it out on Netflix. Here's the poem that I'm calling Living in Yesterday. I limped along the hiking trail, living in yesterday. Until a doe and a fawn startled me. They sprang gracefully, bounding effortlessly over wildflowers and rocks, through pine trees and thistles, landing and leaping inches from the head of an indifferent snake, cutting the switchbacks and ascending the mountain. I stood captivated as their shadows disappeared. Freedom and finesse with each touch down and take off. A doe and her fawn, hooves kissing the earth, the forest floor their drum, a praise song of wonder. And when their dance fell silent, unanswered despair stirred. Unresolved feelings swell. Slow tears fell from my cheeks. A strange mixture tasting of fear and failure. Regret and salty longing of dirt and death. Yesterday's memories, my forest thicket. Rocks and thistles and snakes, my stomping grounds. I limped along the hiking trail and asked, will I ever feel the graceful spring of wonder in my body again? Then the song of the doe and fawn resounded. Leap away from the past and free the people that wounded you. Leap toward the present and let the way of love ground you. Spring to your future. Spring to the wonder of people and places. Spring to the work that is waiting for you. Cut your own switchbacks and ascend.